Connesty, how are ye? My name is Sarika, and I'm one of the co-founders of Candlelit Tales. We tell stories from Irish mythology to original music. In this episode, you'll be hearing the story of Niall of the Nine Hostages, one of the great mythic and maybe historical Irish kings. Our next podcast will be a post-show live stream where myself and Aaron, and a special guest, We'll talk about this story and what it means to us. If you'd like to be part of this conversation, to chip in with your questions and your ideas and observations of the story, head over to YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel and join us for the live stream on Sunday at 7pm UTC. Follow us on social media to be reminded of our next live stream conversation or event and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss anything. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Candlelit Tales. And for videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Liking and subscribing to our channels really helps us grow and get these stories out there. But if you'd like to chip in with a bit more direct support, you can throw us a few bob over on patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. But now, on with the story. Oki Mogmedan was the king of Ireland, an unsettled Ireland at this time. Feuds, wars, invasions were the trials of any good king, but Oki Mogmedan weathered them better than most, in that he wasn't killed and managed to keep some semblance of peace. Oki's wife and closest advisor was the strong-willed Mongfen, who had given him four children. These were Brian, Oliel, Fiacra and Fergus. Oki often sought her thoughts on matters of ruling and even if he didn't, she was not shy about voicing her opinion. The Saxons and the King of Britain often posed great threat to Ireland, but Oki had managed to capture a valuable young hostage after one particularly bloody raid. After counsel with his wife, he kept this girl in their house in Tara and used her to barter for peace with the King of Saxons. Her name was Karen Kashdov. She was the daughter of the King of Saxons. With this girl in his possession, he was able to sue for peace with the King of Saxons, and in doing so he proved he was worthy of keeping his place on the throne of Tara. Although many a king in Ireland still grumbled quietly and threatened for more. After a season of watching the leaves and the trees bloom, wither, die and be reborn, love came into the heart of Oki from watching Karen Kashto. Despite her being a hostage, she was given her freedom on the grounds and the king became besotted with the young woman's grace and beauty. For her part, she saw nothing wrong with accepting his advances. After all, a king could take a second wife. It was known. But Mongfen became delirious with anger and envy of the youth 
and her husband's attention being now pushed towards this young woman, she quickly put her to work and demanded she do all the chores of ten servants. Her time of enjoying a sense of freedom was at an end. When Karen showed signs of being pregnant, she looked for help to her lover, Oki, but the king hid behind the fierce gaze of his wife, Mongfen, perhaps happy not to be on the receiving end of her venomous fury. Instead of getting any reprieve from her chores, they doubled, and she was ordered to ensure the hill of Tara was always kept with fresh water from the well at the bottom of the hill. No other servant could help her in this task, so Karen Kashtov spent tireless hours and days and weeks and the hard months of her pregnancy drawing water for the household in Tara in the hope that she would miscarry. But on one of those long walks, she finally felt the pains of childbirth come upon her, and Karen lay down in the grass outside Tara and gave birth to a baby boy. She was so afraid of Mongfin's jealousy and anger that she thought she might kill her child, so with no other idea but an intuition to leave the baby there, Karen walked back to Tara alone. People who saw the abandoned child wouldn't even pick him up, no matter his wailing, until finally a man named Thorna picked him up. He was a poet and some say a seer, and in the moment that he picked up the child he was struck with a prophecy that this child, son of a king, would grow up to be a great king himself, and he knew he must name him Nile. After that, Thorna ran from Tara and raised the boy in secrecy. Not much is known of how the boy was raised, but he was reared well, and when he came of age, Thorna told him who his parents really were, and he told him of his destiny to be a great king. Niall took this knowledge solemnly, knowing that great power demands great responsibility and he must show both cunning and compassion if he was to fulfill his destiny. They came to Tara then, and immediately Niall saw his mother dressed in rags and still after so many years drawing water from the well and carrying it all the way back up the hill to Tara. He told her that no mother of a king should do this work and bade her to follow him. He announced himself to the king and asked, that his mother be given a high seat at the table and dressed in fine purple clothing fit for a woman of her standing. The entrance was so abrupt and astonishing that Oki felt shame and did as he was asked. The king rejoiced to see his long-lost son and immediately welcomed him to Tara. Mongfin was secretly furious, but she bit her tongue as she had a plan to deal with this youth. The months that followed were joyous, as Niall was shown all around Tara with his foster brothers. They trained in sword and shield, long spears and light throwing spears, but in all the training Niall was the quickest and the most skillful, if not quite as strong as Brian, the eldest. He always showed the most skill. Towards the end of this year of hunting and training, Mongfin could see how well-liked Niall had become to all of the high lords and kings and ruling class of the country. 
and how diplomatic he was in making allies and friends amongst the visitors to Tara. But before this could go any further, she demanded that Oki name an heir to the throne. She assumed he would pick Brian, her eldest son, if not one of the other four children she had with him, as there was no way she could conceive this young stranger being named an heir to the throne of Ireland. This troubled Lucky as a kingship was to be won, not just simply inherited. It did happen, a king's son could become the next king, but the rest of the kings would have to agree, and besides that, he didn't really want to pick a favourite between his sons, so he consulted his druid, Sithkin, the old, wise and wizened man, and he asked him for advice. He decided upon a task. The winner of this would be named King. So, at sunrise the following morning, the five sons went to Sithkin to find out what this task would be. Let each one of you go to the forge, and once inside you must each make a weapon. Then, well, each will be judged and the best weapon will be chosen, and the rightful king thereby be named. Now, go. They all ran into the forge, and as soon as they were inside, Sithkin cackled with laughter and locked the doors. He had wood placed on the outside of the forge and lit the whole building alight. The test was in fact to see what they decided to save from the flames, not what they could make inside. Brian was the first to break through the door, and he carried a heavy sledgehammer. Sithkin announced, Well, this means you will be a great warrior and strong man of Ireland. Fiacra came with a bellows and a pail of beer, to which Sithkin announced, This shows clearly that Fiacra will hold the beauty and the science of the people. Oliel was next with a chest of weapons, which according to Sithkin meant... You will be the man to take vengeance for the people. While Fergus came out with a bundle of wood. Ah, that would imply, my dear boy, you are withered inside. You're impotent and you'll have no children. But Niall came out with the anvil, and to this Sithkin told those that were gathered... Here is your king, upon whose back the future of this land will be shapen, and he will stand firm under the burden, as an anvil stands strong against a hammer. Mongfind was furious, and demanded no one be told of this judgment. She claimed the druid was unfit, and before she marched off in a hushed tone, she instructed her sons to fight amongst one another. And when Niall would try and break them up, she was sure he would. They were to stand in front of him and make out that they accidentally killed him by stabbing the wrong person. The four brothers did as was instructed, but when Niall went to interrupt the quarrel, his foster father, Torna, the poet, put his hand on Niall's shoulder and said, Let the sons of Mungfind settle this fight themselves. Let them be. 
and so he did. And no one got close enough to attempt to kill Niall that day. You should go out hunting tonight. I believe is a good night. Yes, yes, you should all go out hunting together as brothers and bring no one but yourselves and nothing but your weapons with you. And so it was that the five of them left Tara that night. It was not long till they caught the track of game and followed it, but it was a strange way that they went and they were unsure of where they were. Finally, when they caught the deer ahead of them, they made a fire and began to cook. Suddenly a strange mist descended and they were struck with a heavy thirst. None had brought water with them. So they sent the youngest, Fergus, out in search of water and he shortly came across a well. But next to it stood an old, haggard hag, nearly bent double over with the hunches on her shoulders, grey, mottled hair as coarse as a horse's mane fell about her face that was pock-marked, warted, and strangely thick black hairs struck out of the moles of her nose. She looked at Fergus with cross eyes and smiled, showing him a handful of teeth that remained in her mouth that stood out in odd directions and had dirt and grime attached to them. Saliva dripped down from her lip. May I have some water, please? asked Fergus. Oh, yes, you may, if you give me a kiss replied the old hag. Fergus's eyes bulged and his belly gawked at the thought. She held out a weak hand showing him her twisted elbows, pointed wrists and rounded knuckles with skin as filthy as he could imagine while Fergus fled back to his brothers and announced that there was no water at all anywhere, nothing to be found anywhere. So one by one all the brothers went out in search of water. Oliel and Brian and Fikra all went off in different directions, but one after the other they all came across the hag at the well. Brian and Oliel did much like Fergus did and refused her, but Fikra managed to bring himself to give her a peck on the cheek, which pleased her somewhat. Oh, well, I'll tell you this. Your descendants will be kings, but not you and you won't get any water from me either. Niall found the same hag at the same well, and when asked for a kiss, his reply was this. I will not only kiss you, but I will lay down with you. When he placed his lips upon her half-open mouth, she suddenly transformed into a beautiful woman with pale skin and emerald eyes and long flowing golden hair right around her curving figure. She dragged him down to the ground and they lay together for some time. When Niall eventually came back to his brothers with the water, they were gasping, dying of thirst, but he made them swear loyalty to him and renounced any claim to the throne of Ireland before he would give them a drink. Reluctantly, each one obeyed and then drank greedily to quench their unbearable thirst. 
When they arrived back to Tara, they thrust their weapons upon the wall, and Niall placed his a handspan above the rest. When they sat at the table, Niall sat at the head. And when Mongfin came and asked how they got on, Niall was the one who answered. She was taken aback and told him that Breen, being the eldest, should be the one who should answer. Niall smiled and nodded to Breen, who then told his mother what had happened in the forest. When their father, Oki, died, all the kings of Ireland were glad to see Niall named as the heir, and each agreed to his claim. No one countered and all thought he was the right man to sit on Ireland's throne as the High King of all Ireland. During his kingships, he saw many wars, and Niall realised that peace would be hard come by. But thinking of his dear mother, he drew inspiration from her tale. And when the kings of Munster fought, he took a hostage from them so they would not rebel again. This happened across Ireland, Niall taking hostages from Connacht, Ulster and Leinster too, as well as the nearby shorelines that loved to invade Ireland. They were also made allies when he took a hostage from the Scots in High-Hilled Alba, from the Britons, the Saxons and even the Franks. Some even say that St. Patrick was a hostage of Niall who took those nine hostages. But whether he was or not, he ruled well over an island that loved to war and managed to keep peace the only way he knew how. He was the king of Ireland till the day he died, and they say that for 26 generations, all kings in Ireland were descendants of Niall of the Nine Hostages. This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan, story by Aaron and Sarah Hegarty, and music by Oshin Ryan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Candlelittales. And for videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelit Tales. And for videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candlelittle Tales. Liking and subscribing to our channels really helps us grow and get to more people. If you're able to give us more direct support, you can ship in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We'll be talking about this story on a live stream very soon. Check out our social media for details. And really do subscribe now. It's free. We'd love to hear back from you with any questions you might have. So contact us directly or leave your question in the comment section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible. And so anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we especially appreciate you listening. In Irish, the word for king is ri. And the word for queen is ban rian. But you might better translate that word to woman king. Kruaka was the woman king of Connacht. 
though little is known of her. She built the fort that was named for her on the plain of Kruokon that was named also for her. And that place bears her name to this day.